Welcome back, everybody, to Top Shelf, a guide to high-quality leadership, spirits, and everything in between. Season 2, Episode 10, number 15 in total. You know what? We had to do it. We had to do it. What are we doing, Clint? What are we doing? At your request. Hey, what are we doing? Straight Shooter, Episode 2. The clothes are off. Not literally. The clothes are not off. People say the gloves are off. No, no. The clothes are off, but not literally. Well, I usually I usually record topless. Maybe figuratively. Yeah, figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we got an awesome show today to share with you guys. Incredible um, show. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good one. This is a really good one. Uh, nicknames in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Faux pas or pro pas. Good or bad, right? I'm good, pro-pop. bad, and ugly. Yeah. Uh, we also have the <laughs> being good at your job, the performance punishment. Yeah. So, yeah, you're you're really good at your job, and yeah. then you get promoted, and not, next thing you know, you're laid off because you're a manager. And the drink or cocktail du jour, Clint's Ooh. selection. And we've had this numerous times. I had it for my birthday last year. Yeah. It is the En Français. 7-5. Well, how do you say 75 in French? I don't know yet, no, but know. I'll, I'll <laughs> quickly think of it. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. And we're from Canada. Well, uh, we did take West that coasters. West Coasters. Yeah, West Coast. yeah. Still the best coast. I've been better off learning a different language than French. Uh, oh. Right, so I, 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 Justin I, Trudeau just shivered hang in his sleep. Dry. In his sleep, he just shivered. Um... So we want to get started with this uh, top shelf um, edition for you guys, straight shooter number two. And I wanted to the current event in it is very personal, and we hear a lot of it right now. It has to do with the sensationalism, and I'll say the sensationalism right now with news and wrapping it around uh, weather and weather conditions, and you know, giving everything a name. Right, and we've had, we've had the heat dome. You know, it's like a terror dome. We've got the heat dome. We've got that movie with Tina Turner and Mel Gibson. The first one, yeah. Welcome back to the heat dome. Thunderdome. Yeah. So we've got the heat domes. We've got the atmospheric rivers. And when I was a kid, it was just hey, it was just gonna rain lots. Yeah. Like why do we have to name it? They would they would measure it like like it's gonna be forty millimeters of rain over the next. Yeah, they didn't call it atmospheric river. That sounds scary as shit. Freak the hell out of people. Yeah. Like now, what (laughs) in Canada? Am I going to buy a canoe or a kayak? Like, is my house gonna float away? Like, Uh, why are we naming everything? Yeah, Abbotsford underwater, under siege. You know, crank up the sump pumps because we're getting an atmospheric river. Arguably, Gary Busey's best movie, Under Siege. Under (laughs) (laughs) Gary Busey. Arguably, uh, and, and so when we talk about sensationalism and, and uh, in the news industry, is it are we are we creating new names and nicknames for you know storms? I, I did a little research, and there was a storm called in 2020 in Buffalo. It's called the Billy. Hmm. Well, I don't think Billy wanted the storm to be named after himself it was very personal you yeah. know well yeah. what kind of clean storm would there be right if it was it a hurricane hurricane billy no it was a snowstorm called billy billy the, billy the kid billy like, the goat. why why do we have to name them why can't we just say hey you know what we got lots of snow it's cyclical yeah we, we i do completely understand that we do have 
you know, obviously forms of global warming or an environmental change based on the carbon emissions from vehicles and everything. So I, I understand there's a there's a change in our atmosphere and change in weather patterns yeah. from from when we were younger, like 20, 30, 40 years ago. I get it. But why do we got to, is it to sell more? Uh, yeah, totally. It's, it's relevance. It's to make, my thought is this is to stay relevant. I get my. I ask Google for my weather. Google, hey Google, what's the weather forecast for today? And that's how I get my weather. These people are vying for their jobs. Like this is a this is a weatherman or a weather person that is they're fighting tooth and nail to keep their job. They want people to tune into global news and watch the weather portion. Or CBC, or CBC, or whatever. But my example being is like that will be the way of the photo bird one day. And I think that they need to over centralize it to keep them relevant. Because that's my thought. Yeah, just I, I get concerned because now we're creating names, we're creating titles, and and the titles are not like normal safe titles. They're they're titles that are aggressive in nature. You know, the heat dome. Why can't we just say it's going to be hot and it's going to be hot for a duration of time? And to protect ourselves from that heat, um, we want to make sure we're hydrate, make sure we stay in the shade, uh, make sure we find a you know place of refuge. Why do we call it the heat dome? I get that it's an it's covered in an area. We could just we don't have to call it a heat dome. We don't have to call it an atmospheric river. There's a river in the air, and it's going to pour the river down on us, and it's going to flood everything. We just have we used to call it just heavy rains, or it's going to rain for a couple days. Yeah. Now we're calling it rivers, and, and well, I agree. Yeah, and I guess to my point, it's like, do I tune in more to watch the news because of these, you know, um, over centralized names? No, not really. So yeah, I think maybe. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, the, the younger kids um, out there, maybe they like the titles. Maybe the, the generation, you know, the new, the new generation or the kids coming up like, the, like names. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, like uh, it, it, maybe there's a bigger impact on them than... than right. they're, they're trying to appeal to that demographic, maybe. Than Gen X or Gen Y. The new Gen's like, oh my God, it's an atmospheric river. I know what that is. That's lots of rain. Like, a, Yeah. Yeah. Make it the kind of... Well, I guess, but also saying it's going to rain heavily means it's going to be lots of rain. <laughs> so, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think this is maybe a bigger conversation. Uh, I'd like to dig more into it and maybe even come back to this at one point. Oh, you want to loop back? I want to loop back. Yeah. 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 I love it. I think it's a great conversation. I'm sure the people listening are going, oh, I know why, or we should talk about this or this... But I, I do, I, I'm, I'm curious as to why the change. And everyone's talking about it. I hear people on the radio all the time. What's with these atmospheric rivers and these heat zones? Like, why are we, well, I never heard that when I was a kid. It's yeah, our generation. And it's interesting. Like, maybe, why the change? Yeah, maybe leaders are looking at the stats and results and going, oh, if you just say it's going to be hot, no one pays attention. If you say it's going to be a heat dome, now people... You know, reference it to a terror dome, which is a Hollywood movie, and it's like, holy, it's this could kill people, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it physically did kill six hundred and ninety or so people in the BC region last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, uh, I guess it's unstoppable. You can't stop heat. You can you can seek refuge in locations, but sometimes it's just not enough. Right. So, okay, we're gonna jump into. Kind of a fun. Well, well, speaking of news, I got something here real oh, quick. It's... You, you just... oh, no, flash work. news. Flash <laughs> news. This is my flash news. No, it's terrible. I forgot to mute the country stuff. Oh, okay, so we're going to talk about nicknames in the workplace. And yeah, great topic. It it is a topic we we kind of broached on it 
a few episodes ago and it is around the acceptable you know are nicknames acceptable in the workplace how do we use them how do we frame them uh, i know individuals that are named uh richard uh or dick uh, we you know people used to be called dick i don't think they're the name dick is used very much anymore but they like to be called if their name was dick it would be richard or, or rick penis no no they're not called penis <clears throat> No, you can't use that <laughs> in the workplace. Obviously, I'm joking. Yeah, no, that's that's an HR infraction. Strike one. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why nicknames aren't good. It's, no, no. I would say nicknames are acceptable in the workplace uh, if uh, if we understand the work the workplace. If it's a construction company, some nicknames for the rookies. Uh, Greenhorn is a nickname for someone that's very new to uh, a job. So we can call them sure. Greenhorn. They, yeah. they actually wear green helmets, so you can identify the individuals on site as someone new. The Usually the white helmets that are worn on site, if everyone doesn't know, those are generally the managers or leaders in the field. So if you're out there and you see a white helmet and you see a couple green helmets, those green helmets are Greenhorns and they're new for sure. workers. Yeah, yeah. But that that's like a general nickname that you give to multiple people. Um you know, I think like some of the HR friendly nicknames would be like a shorter version of your name, right? You're yep. Jason, call you Jay or Big J or something like that. I think that that's Big J. You're gonna use that, like Coco the Monkey, Medium J. <laughs> like, and do nicknames work if you create them yourself, or is it your coworkers that create them for yourself? Create them for you. Yeah. And, and do you take offense if someone creates a nickname for you? Um, you know, we had a couple individuals named Brandon Croker. We'll use his name because he's a good, good dude. But we call his nickname was Betty Croker, right? Do do the names function? Do the names work? It was a construction environment. But when when where do we draw that line? And do we how do we keep it professional? Because there are some individuals that come from different countries and the names are hard to, to pronounce, and so we kind of shorten them. And those, I, I believe, those are acceptable if they're accepted or presented from the individuals. Well, if they're accepted, yeah, exactly, yeah. And and you know, and then, well, and then of course, then there's the bad nicknames that you know. I feel like if, if you were afraid to say it to the person, bad nickname. Yeah, and like we had a guy who was a it, no. he was a, a leader at one of our um, one of the companies I work for, and it's a construction company, and he was meant to go out in the job site and, and work the tools and train Correct. and get dirty. And he was known as Clean Jeans, and nobody ever told him that to his face. But that was his nickname at coffee in the morning because he was always had clean jeans, which means he didn't get dirty and he didn't like to right. work, and, and he didn't work hard. Trainer, you know? and so um, or you know, there's like you know, I had a, uh, a fellow I worked with. His last name was Lim, and everyone called him Lim Job, which is like a sexual thing. <laughs> no, and he that's thought it was no. funny, but the answer is no. I mean, that's an HR infraction written all over. No, right? because. Just because he likes it doesn't mean it's okay in the open populace, right? Totally, so, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, and people, does he actually like people? It? Could, Deep down, he might not. Yeah, like people could right. construe that as yeah. something unacceptable. So please stop that, right? I mean, yeah, for sure. And I know that it takes down barriers too. So nicknames build some camaraderie uh, with with um, sports teams. There's a lot of nicknames that get thrown about. For sure. And we saw the nicknames actually get put on the back of jerseys what? for All-Star Weekend for uh, MLB. So they've got their nicknames on the back of jerseys. Pretty cool. And that's uh, a self-esteem builder, right? 
Yeah, but then, of course, if it's a negative nickname, that's a negative. Oh, well, yeah, obviously, you're not going to have, yeah. For sure, yeah. I mean, not on a sports team, but I mean, in the workplace. I think as a leader, we need to be cognizant of what these nicknames are, how they're presented, in what environment are they presented in? Was mm-hmm. there a client in the room? Is there somebody that may be offended no, but by that? Even if there isn't a client in the room, if there is a nickname and it's not acceptable, you may slip and slide. And that nickname could just pop out because it's a nickname well used. Yeah. And next thing you know, it's so you have to be very careful with it. And you need to kind of structure yourself because you don't want it slipping in a meeting with an executive team. You're like, hey, yo, That's it. Um, you know, Billy the Kid or, you know, like a, a nickname that you've created oh, for this yeah. individual. Like, Jimmy Who's that? <laughs> like, um, yeah, sorry about that. It's for too sure. late. As soon as it's out of your mouth, it's too late. You, well, can't, you can't recoil it. That's part of the risk. And then as leaders... We're very in tune and we're trained on how to watch our P's and Q's and how to present ourselves. But, but the team, might be, not be. but the team exactly. So now all of a sudden you've got somebody that's at you know a coordinator role position and he just was at beers with us the night before and he's used to calling this guy by his um, you know his borderline nickname. Yeah. And now he's in a room taking notes and he's like, oh, is uh, clean jeans here? Yeah. Well, who's clean jeans, right? And so you're right. And I think that's those are. I think you just have to you have to manage it. You have to you have to monitor it, and you have to you have to lead through that and make sure that they're used appropriately. Yeah, and it's okay to have some <clears throat> safe nicknames, like I said, like I mentioned. If if you if you Mega Mind, me, yeah, Mega Mind. I mean, that's that's pretty clean, Disney. Um, but at the same time, we have to understand the professional atmosphere. You don't want to using that in. Um, a workplace uh, meeting or environment where there's executives. Not to say that the executives don't have fun with it either, because sure. of course they do. Yeah, they're people. But we want to put our, f- you know, professional foot forward in those meetings and, and eliminate those those nicknames, even though they're fun and and they bring they can bring teams together, and they can kind of, you know, bond a group so it make make the team a little bit looser. Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, and there's there's friendship on that as well. So um, I would I would suggest nicknames are okay, but hey, that's that's keys. Just keep a a tight kind of leash on it. For sure. Yeah. PG yeah. approach. PG make approach. Make sure that they're okay with it. If it's anything that you're kind of like uh, they seem okay with it, maybe even have a like in your performance review. We have to like worry about we phase. have to worry about uh, ethnicity as well. For sure, yeah. Right. Have so a conversation. Yeah. I think if you know your people, if like, hey, I notice everyone's calling you silly Sally. Is that something that like bothers you, or are you cool with that? Because it seems like you're okay, but could we if just, you're not, we can I can nip in the butt. For yeah. You. yeah. Can we just cut it down this SS? SS, yes. yeah. Third, you have a German background. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was Oma's edition was last week. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna jump away from the nicknames, but I, you know, I do find that there is a place for them. It does shorten up some of the longer names. We just got to be cognizant <clears throat> of where we use it and make sure it's appropriate out there. If the, you're an HR professional. Um, you know, I think there's there's probably manuals around, uh, and I think actually when you apply for jobs and stuff like that, there is a you, owner's you say, manual. You, they give you an owner's no, manual. no, you apply <laughs> with your name, yeah. and there's a nicknames. You can actually fill in the nickname, yeah, right. So Jason or Jay, Clint or C, right, well, right? Or, or Clitoris Latent is. Uh, well, that's is, uh, my one boss used to call me that in my last job. And did you like? Uh, you didn't feel good about that. No, I didn't. No, no, no that's okay. I actually I don't mind. They it. put you down. I'm a I'm a team down. player. I, no. I go with it. No, you can't go with that. It's camaraderie. I played, no. I played sports you, my whole life. I got an older brother. That's why you cry yourself to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Tears of shame. Tears <laughs> of shame. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump and we're going to ship. We're going to shift gears and we're going to go into. We're pivoting. We're pivoting. Pivot. Oh, pivoting. Topic two. Pivot. Oh. That's, isn't that like a buzzword? Skate right sharpening. Now? Pivot. Pivot. Uh, pivot. We're pivot. It's a uh, bold, bold word. Performance punishment. Yeah, I like and this. And I, I, I don't like it. I, I don't. No, I like the topic. Uh, yeah, I know I like the topic as well. So I'm going I'm to give you just a little bit of information. Kind of a little shock and wow, and then Clint's going to dig into it as well. Yeah, let's do it. So performance punishment. Shock me. I want you to wow me. Recently. (laughs) So recently, Google was doing some layoffs. That's right. Yeah. And so the managers that were promoted were the top performers. Mm -hmm. And the top performers were promoted because they're really good at doing their job. Yeah. But they didn't have any management training. But they were really good at their job. Yeah. Right? So they decided, hey, we're going to promote the top performers. Google has the downturn where the economy's we're in a bit of a recession. So we're going to restructure. And we'll get into restructuring a company in another uh, episode because I, I have a lot of passion about restructuring and, and how it functions, how, how we do it, how it works. Yeah. But the first people to get laid off are those people that were top performers. Yeah. And... That moved their way up and then would become managers. So none of those top performers, hey, we we did really good. We were the top performer within the organization, within the company. And now we're managers. It's great. We got eight, ten people. Some only moved up. They had two people. Those are the first people of the, in the organization cut and eliminated their roles. And generally when you move up to be a management role, um, you move up a level in pay, so that also kind of puts a red flag on you. So if you move up in a company, and this happened to me at a, at a company, I moved up to senior manager from, from engineering design manager to a senior manager, and within two months, the company was, okay, we're going to do layoffs. Uh, who who needs improvement? And obviously, you need improvement because you're a new manager, and you need the training, and you need yeah, the skills. Sure, yeah. You're the first one on the list, and get rid of that guy. So yeah, yeah. You, you bumped up two months later, you get promoted two months later, and someone in the executive team just looks at a number and just looks at a rating, and you're fired. Incredible. Yeah, incredible. So Performance punishment. Performance punishment. You're yeah. really good at it, and you know you get, you, you get a team now. Well, and we talked about that on our last one of our previous episodes is, you know, just because somebody's a top performer in their current position doesn't mean that they're going to be a good fit or a top performer in a leadership position you know like take the head splicer and he's he's a production splicer and he's really good and he shows up to work every day on time and he reads blueprints but does he know how to lead splicers no you got to train them correlate yeah yeah it's a it's a mindset it's a a mindset it's a mind frame yeah and some people don't even want that job i've never you know but everyone everyone kind of thinks to themselves yeah i can do that because it equates to more money generally speaking when you move up i want more money for sure but in reality they can't they can't handle the leadership that role right so you know you could be really good at your job but you can also say no. Hey, I'm a top performer. I love what I do. I don't want to move up, and I don't. I, I can't handle working with people. Or you could ask the same question. In order for me to move up, I want a plan, mm-hmm. and I would like you to give me 
you know, critiques and what would what I would need to be successful in this role, as opposed to just going, hey, you know what, you're number X, Y, Z, and you are top performer, and we we've seen how you perform for the last two years. You're now a manager. Yeah. You can sure. say no. You can say, hey, you know what? I need a plan. I need well, a six-month well, plan and transition but into But you're that. right. And in that moment, you know, you're going, well, if I say no, they're going to give it to somebody else. I like this company. I've been here 10 years. I want to I want, I want to continue to grow with this company. You know, maybe that is your goal is to get into management. And you, boom, I hit my but goal. The, should the company, right. will the company press you? Will they, will they force you to make a reactionary decision? That, that, that would be alarm bells for me. For sure, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you think of somebody you're you're an experienced leader. You've gone through many different roles, many different companies. So alarm bells to you, but for somebody that's young and eager and wanting that, they yeah, the chasing, desire, the chasing, passion yeah, for it, yeah, yeah, the growth. So, so I was looking at the performance punishment piece as somebody that maybe didn't get promoted, didn't move into that upper echelon, and then get let go. But somebody that's still there, right? So it's very dangerous for leaders um, because overworking your high performers. Uh, to avoid growing your underperformers is a fast track to disaster, obviously. Well, your underperformers too, if they're not meeting minimum spec, uh, minimum specifications or minimum, you know, job duties, those need to be let go. You can't. You're basically bringing those people along for the yes, ride, for sure. Right. So, you, as a leader, you need to identify those and, and eliminate those before they become a bigger problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because. It, if you got low performers, if you have base performers that they're doing their job and they're doing the base amount of work and they meet the criteria of the scope you've given them, yeah, it's fine, right? So if that's all the you you can expect. Yeah, not that they're low performers; they're just they're average. They were, they were low, the yeah, average. they were a lower performer than your right. top performers, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got that. Not even just sales jobs. Any any job. It's design, engineering. It it could be construction. It could be a guy working the shovel. It could be a guy, yeah, you know, an operator. Mm-hmm. There's guys that are going to outperform the other guys for sure, right? Right. So <sighs> you lean heavily on those individuals. I think it, it it there's resentment because what happens? It looks like there's a bit of favoritism going on as well. But then you also get resentment from the top performers because they're like, well, why am I? Why am I doing all this extra work? And I'm not getting paid extra more money than Joe. And Joe, he clocks out after six hours. He's getting paid for eight. I'll clock out after 11 and but I'm not... You've you know. made that decision to take that next level, right? And so sure. that's where you run into the bit of the problem is you've made that decision to move up, to earn, to potentially earn more, but to you want to... I mean, it, also, you're, you're hopefully, the company you're working with is training you. Right, and well, providing and providing yeah, that yeah. leadership. Yeah, you do run yeah. you run that risk of um, not providing the appropriate training or giving them the appropriate support. Support. So I've seen in the past where um, top performers are promised things. You're going to get some, you're going to you're going to get to that level in six months, and then all of a sudden nine months go by or a year go by, and then you lose good people. Right, but you people you set companies. expectations, yeah, and you're not delivering on the expectations. So as a leader, you shouldn't. You shouldn't suggest uh, expectations. And if you do, say, hey, in six months, we're going to give you a leadership role. Yeah. And the company it makes a shift or has changed. you got to reconnect with that individual. You can't leave it. For sure. you can connect right away and say, hey, the six months, yeah. the six yeah. month, we, we talked about this. However the company, however the economy, however the, For the sure. bottom line doesn't allow us to um, cover uh, a increase or a new job role for you. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. but you know, the point I'm making is that you, as a leader, tread lightly, right? It's nice to reward the top performers, um, and, and by well, you want to you want to keep them engaged too. And yeah. you're also yeah. maybe you're, um, sorry, um, 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 yeah, but yeah. your succession planning as well. Mm-hmm. You're, you're trying to, to build that bench strength so that when you leave one day, you've got somebody or, or people vying for that role that are that are high enough. They're caliber. capable. Yeah, they're, they're capable, capable for the role. Yeah. So, but you need to tread lightly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, top performance, top performers. Uh, we, I mean, we had little nicknames for them. We call them the unicorns, mm-hmm. and so the top performers could do everything. It's a unicorn, so yeah. that's that's what we strive for. We wanted to achieve and and build within the organization is to have some unicorns or some. Um, as a good HR friend of mine, the purple squirrels. Purple if we can, squirrels, if yes. we can get those purple squirrels, those are worth their weight in gold. Absolutely, right. It's hard so. to come by. Hard, so oh, not, they, they, you, but they, you have to nurture them. And, yeah, and, yeah. A lot of times you're you're weighing skill versus will when you're hiring employees, and skill. those individuals have both skill and will. You know, oh. they've got the skill and they the desire to just keep learning, and they're just a sponge for everything. And they, yeah. they put their hand up and they get shit done and they get it done properly. It's like purple squirrel, with yeah, unicorn. Purple squirrel. They're they're impossible to find, but when you do, you got to hold on to yeah. them. So. The will's like a slap in the face. Yeah, no pun intended, Chris you Rock. Keep my wife's name out, you motherfucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wasn't that um, you know who Guillermo is? Guillermo. It's Guillermo. Is it Guillermo? Guillermo. Yeah, do you know who he is? That's from, from Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, yeah. he was doing a red carpet interview, and, yep. and the guy asked him about his wife. He's like, "Oh, ask me a question about my wife." And then the guy's like, "So, how's your wife, or whatever?" And he's like, "Keep my wife's name." <laughs> it was so good. Anyways, oh, Will Smith. Uh, ruining it. Ruining it. Yeah, um, terrible. We yeah. are now into the part. We're going to close it up. We're going to have some cocktails. Um, it is Friday night, and it's and we're, feeling, <laughs> we're feeling all right. Oh, yeah. Disco fever. Um, Clint is going to make us the French 75. I'm going to give you a bit of the origin story, which is actually pretty cool. Uh, and I'm going to give you what goes in the French 75 because there's uh, quite a bit of little, quite a bit of stuff that goes into this. Uh, he's going to prepare it for us. There is no ice in the shaker. Oh, okay. all right. So we are talking about the French 75. It is one ounce of gin. We're probably going to use two because we like it a little bit stronger. We have half ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice, a quarter ounce of simple syrup. We don't like it sweet ourselves, but you can use a half an ounce. And we're going to use three ounces of dry champagne to top it off. And that's that's what makes the French 75. We're also going to add a lemon zest or lemon um, twist to the uh, rim itself uh, as a garnish. And let me give you a little bit of the origin story uh, behind the French 75. The drink dates back to World War One, so it's an, it's an older drink um, we, that we've done some research on. It was created in 1915 at the New York Bar in Paris, and later at Harry's Bar in New York. So they they made it in, in um, New York at the New York Bar. It's called New York in Paris, but they also brought it over to um, Harry's in New York, the city. The combination was said to have so much kick that it felt like being shelled with a powerful French 75-millimeter field gun. So if we're uh, talking about alcoholic volumes, that's, uh, you know, quite a punch. And we're going to see how Clint makes it. And he's making a 
uh, a damn good mess here. We, he struggles with the shaker. shaker. We are using the botanist uh, Ile Dry Gin. So it's uh, one of my favorite gins. It's very dry. Clint is adding the four ounces of champagne or uh, what we call brew in Canada. And he's yeah. mixing it up nice. And then he's got the lemon zest. Okay. Okay, we are. Yeah, Nostravie. So, to everyone out there, this is the Straight Shooter Edition. We are having a lot of fun tonight. It is a Friday. Cheers. Nostravie. Not bad. Wow. Yeah, that's. Um that's a, got a nice punch to it. <laughs> I will say it's tart, and it does have a kick. I don't know where these guys come up with. And, and I wasn't born, or I didn't fight in the 1915 uh, World War One. So understanding what a 75 millimeter kick is, but it does it does um, uh, you know hit you in the palate. It is yeah. sour, a little sour, and then that that brood or that champagne is you know cuts it, and then the gin at the bottom. Oh. You know, and, and I didn't put all the. I like my things dry and tart, so I cut back a bit on the on the simple syrup. Simple syrup. I think in retrospect, I should have added the. <laughs> it, maybe I put too much lemon juice in there, but it it was uh, it was a punch to the face for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, delectable. And I, I would over, say over poured the gin. And there's no scurvy, yeah. and we. You know, we're, our vitamin C intake is is quite good. Oh yeah, we're good to go. We're good. Healthy to go. as a horse. Uh, healthy as a horse. And uh, you know what? Uh, what? You know, I wanted to throw out there too. Um, I've just picked up a couple of cocktails to have here in a can. It is summertime here in uh, Van City, and uh, we're thirty degree plus weather. And I picked up some Cinco Drinkos. Uh, at the, my local liquor store, Cinco Drinks. Cinco, Dr- cool. I love the name. A real good company, and it is a tequila lime soda. It is fantastic. It's not sweet. It's not sugary. It is uh, fairly organic and made in uh, Kelowna. So shoutouts to the Cinco Drinko company. Uh, it's a tequila soda and lime. Fantastic. Good on you guys. And I will be um, drinking these throughout the uh, summer. Uh, low caloric intake. Their slogan is Real Juice, Real Good Company. It is Real Juice, yeah. Not from Concentrate. I love that. Oh, and nice. uh, Agave Nectar uh, in there as well. So What's an Agave Nectar? Uh, it's uh, Nectar from Agave. The, the, the agave you squeeze it. You gotta, you gotta squeeze it. Nectar of the gods. You squeeze it. <laughs> oh yeah, squeeze it, hey, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, this is we're signing out on the end. So Clint wants to change uh, shift gears here. So next episode will be season three, episode one. Yes. He does not want to continue. He wants it like a Netflix series. So we're every right. ten he goes to another season. Maybe you get tired of us on season two. You're like I hate season. And two. we're not Suck. talking. About Leadership anymore. We're talking about cats. Cats. Oh my god. Whole season on cats. No, it's it's for real. (laughs) (laughs) The Persian. No, we're continuing with leadership. We're sharing everything we know. Uh, I uh, recently did a Shark Tank um, uh, 
ブラジルのチームのプラグのチームのプラグのチームのプラグのチームのプラグのチームのプラグのチームのプラグのチームのプラグのチームのプラグのチームのプラグのチームのプラグのチームのプラグのチームのプラグのチームのプラグのチームの